In order to protect one's tefillin, you're allowed to put your tefillin between your mattress and your pillow, provided that you don't put your head directly above the tefillin. Shmuel says, you're allowed to do so even if your wife is in the room, and the Bryce says, you're not allowed to do so if your wife is in the room, but Allah is like Shmuel. To put your tefillin underneath your feet, that would be a complete disrespect to the tefillin, and that's usr. Rather wanted to prove that not only did he say that Allah is like Shmuel, but he passed him that Allah is like Shmuel, so he told his Talmud Rav Amnuna, go get my tefillin. When his Talmud Rav Amnuna went to get his tefillin, he realized that the tefillin were below the pillow, not where Rav put his head, and that his wife went to the mikveh the night before. In other words, even in a situation of Ishtay Imai, you're still allowed to put your tefillin below your pillow. If two people were undressed and they were below, beneath the blanket, how do they say Kriyashma? Now, if they're facing each other, it's definitely Asr. If they're not facing each other, they're back to back, if it's his younger children, what exactly the ages, Machleis and Gemara, a girl below the age of three, a boy below the age of nine, or a girl below the age of eleven, and a boy below the age of twelve, then it's Mutter. His wife, or his older children, or just another person, according to Shmuel, it's Machleks in the Brisa, whether you have to put a Machitza with a talis, and he passed in Shmuel that it's a mutter without the Hefsek, and according to Rav Yosef, there's a difference between his wife and other people. His wife is mutter, Ishtek Gufai, and other people, it's Asr. But there's no concern of Agavais, meaning rear. The rears that are touching each other, they are not considered an Erva, and therefore you can take Kriyashma even if they touch each other. The halacha is, in order, in a lot of mitzvahs, but in our precious chal, the Gemara is discussing, you should be standing up, making the bracha, and if a person is unclothed, it's also to make a bracha. What if a person is unclothed and he's sitting? If it's a man, it's also because he doesn't have complete covering of his erva. But a woman, if she's sitting, it's mother for her to make a bracha. The hears of the erva by a man are not considered an erva, and you're allowed to say Kriyashma in front of them, a tefach of a woman who typically covers that area, not necessarily ever, but anything that's typically covered, is also for a man, even his own wife, to say Kriyashma in front of that tefach. Now, if it's not his wife, it's also to look at even the pinky of a woman, if he does so, to gaze at, to stare at, and to benefit from it. The thigh of a woman, according to the Mishabura, means above the knee, according to the Chazanish, means below the knee, is considered an erva. Therefore, in the way that Achrayim explained, it's worse than a pinky, because even if you're not staring at it to benefit, it's still usher to look at. Kol isha erva, the voice, a singing voice of a woman, is considered erva, and the hair of a woman, sar isha erva, of a married woman, a woman who typically covers her hair, that hair is considered an erva. The Gemara says it's usher to hang your tefillin by the retzuas on a peg, but you're allowed to hang them by the box, as a machlekes, if you're allowed to hang it by the actual box. If it's in a bag, in a tefillin bag, you're allowed to hang a tefillin bag on a peg, even though a sefer would be ushered to hang by a peg. And this brings us to Ahmed Beis. If somebody is allowed during Shemun Esri, he says Shemun Esri aloud, well, if he just is trying to show Hashem that he's davening, that's ushered, because that shows that he doesn't have a muna, that Hashem hears him without him being loud. But if he's doing so, because that's how he has kavana, then it's mutter provided that he's not in public. Because if there's other people having Shemun Esrei, and he's disturbing them, that is usr, that's tirdu the tzibur. If somebody really raises his voice during Shemun Esrei, he's considered a Navi Sheker. 
if somebody burps or yawns during davening during Shemun Esrei, he's considered gasteyeruach. He's a gross type of a person. If he sneezes from his mouth, then that's a good simon. Simiyah, the Gemara brings a story that Reb Zerah, who had a sneezing issue, he had allergies, and he sneezed a lot, he was very happy to hear this halacha, that if somebody sneezes during davening, he's considered a Simiyah, he said, this is worth more than all my Torah. Rebbe Hanina saw, witnessed that Rebbe burped, sneezed, he spit during davening, he yawned. So the Gemara explains, when he burped and yawned, that was not intentional. And therefore, he's not considered a gas ruach. When he sneezed, that's considered a typical sneeze, what we call today a sneeze, from his mouth, and that's a simen yafa. When he spit, he didn't spit into the, onto the ground, because that's considered spitting in front of a king, so he spit into his clothing, and a person who's an istanist, he could put it into his scarf, and if he's really an istanist, he could spit it behind him, and if that doesn't work, then only he spits in front of him. Rabbi Yochanan, that is, a Rebbe, he used his garment to crush a louse during Shemunah Esrei, and he also, when his talus fell off completely, he wouldn't return it, it's usher to put on your talus during Shemunah Esrei. But when he yawned, he had manners, he put his hand over his mouth in order not to show his mouth. However, the Gemara calls it sneezing from below, a sneeze that has a smell to it, that is usher, if you do it on purpose, that's considered a gasruach. Now what do you do if one feels that he has to do so during davening? He must walk Dalaramas behind, wait until the smell clears, and then he goes back and continues from where he was in Shemana Esri. But before he does so, he has to say a bracha, ask sort of for forgiveness for what he's just done. And he says, Yitzartanu nikavim nikavim chalulim chalulim. You understand the Kodesh Baruch Hu, how embarrassed we are b'chayenu in our life, u'bachriseinu, and when we die, rima v'tileah, we're going to be maggots and worms. And then, it's unbelievable that in the middle of Shemun Esri, he makes this bracha, and then he continues with his bracha, with the Shemun Esri, from where he led off before. And the Gemara tells us that Rabbi Yehuda held that it's usher to move from Chutzlar to Eretz Yisrael. As the Pesach says, I will come and get you from Golos. And Rabbi Abba held that it's mutter. So Rabbi Abba kept on avoiding Rabbi Yehuda. And Rabbi Abba said, before I go to Eretz Yisrael, let me hear one more halacha. And this is the halacha that he heard. That you say this bracha and you walk away. And he said, if I only came to hear this, it was worth it. If a person is in, let's say, a sleeping bag, and he's not dressed, and he wants to say Kriyashma, but it's too cold for him to poke his head out. Now you have an issue of Libay Royce Erva, Einov Royce Misa Erva, his eyes Roy Misa Erva, his eyes see the Erva, his heart sees the Erva. So what you do is you make a Mechitza, you put some sort of cloth between your neck and the Erva, and that's enough, that goes according to the Manda that says that it's not an issue for Libay Royce Erva. If that's an issue, then you put the cloth a little bit lower down, and that creates a Chatzitza. If a person is walking the street, and there's excrements, there's soya all around, one man of says, you can put your, ma- your hand on your mouth and continue saying, Kriyashma, provided that you continue to walk. If you're standing still, everybody holds that it's usher to say the retire. And the other man of says, even putting your hand on your mouth doesn't work. Have a wonderful day.